Hi, welcome to season two of the Accidental Marketer podcast. I'm Mary Abazia, and with me today are my colleagues Tom Spitali and uh, Sean Wellam. Hi, guys. Hi, Mary. Hey, Mary. So, um, so as you know, in the first season, we went deep dive into chapters of our book, The Accidental Marketer. This season, our focus is on um, busting myths, and so. Uh, we're going to take head on a uh, one that actually, as I've been teaching over the years, I've had people stand up and say, uh, the four P's are not relevant anymore. The world's changed too much. Um, and just to remind you, the four P's are typically product, place, price, and promotion. So the myth, the four P's are not relevant anymore. Sean, do you want to take this first? Yeah, sure. I mean, I have to say, I probably come down closer on the side of those people that have stood up in your classes and said it's not relevant. I, I don't think it's it's quite dead. I don't think it's not relevant. But I always see the four P four P's as um, a checklist, a sort of way that you turn insights gained across several other tools that you've used into specific actions. So I I never see it as a driver of strategy but as a useful reference to collect outputs from other tools. I know my approach is a bit more hardline than, uh, than, than you guys because we've had these conversations before, but, but I tell you what I don't like about it. I think it's sometimes misleading. It, it can make people too uh, internally focused. Um, so I would say the four Ps just needs to be explained and contextualized to be useful because it's so commonplace and, and you know most people have heard of it it's one of it's like SWOT analysis which we talked about on an earlier podcast it's one of those tools that most people are familiar with but unless your understanding is 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 matched by that familiarity then it can lead you into trouble so I think it's one of those tools that I would rather didn't exist and we would still do the same outcome of a four p's analysis but maybe it's the name that I have a problem with or how I've seen it used or interpreted Mm, as, a, wow. as a general point. You have opened Pandora's box, Tom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I I, I actually um, think the four Ps should be kept. Uh, but I mean, there's, there's certainly aspects of what Sean said that I agree with. I think that a lot of times marketers focus solely and too early on the four Ps. And, and, and in essence, they almost define their job as defining the four P's, product, price, place, promotion, for a company and for value proposition. And I do believe that is their job, but I think it's at the end of the stream of work rather than the only focus of their job. By that, I mean that um, there is so much stuff that a marketer should do, so many analyses, so many um, you know, projects, pieces of work, initiatives, whatever you want to call them, before they get to the four Ps, they they should you know define their their market. They should understand customer needs. They should understand their ability to win and their targets and and you know how what their what their positioning is. And ostensibly, what happens is in our workshops, it, it's you know it, it sounds. Uh, arrogant, but it's done right. They do the four Ps. It's the very last thing that they do with all this other work suffusing into it. And I think they do a great job um, then, a much better job than if they just focus, jump right into product, price, place, and promotion. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of my my thoughts on it. 
Okay, well that, yeah, and, and let me uh, be a little bit more clear about some of the challenges that I've had, because, you know, I think you guys make a great point that, you know, when in the process does it make sense. Some of the things that, that I've heard is, um, Mary, uh, the four Ps are missing the fifth P, which is people, you know, people are important. Or by the way, there's a four P's and an S for service, or there's four E's now that we've heard. <laughs> and, um, and I just, you know, I, I, I think that the more simple you can keep your planning processes, it allows you to be more robust because you've got complicated markets and products. But um, are we missing anything if we do keep it within that framework? Do we capture the people and the services, Tom, as we're doing this and the experience? Oh, well, I, well, I, I think that, that we do, and I think it's indelibly changing too. In other words, I think that it's while product price, place, promotion, keeping it simple is absolutely uh, fundamental. I agree with you, Mary. I agree with where it is in our our process. I, I I think it's also important to recognize that each is changing, and I think that's what's driving these you know modifications and adding of another P or changing it to the four E's. I think people are recognizing that times and technology are really you know changing how marketers think about this fundamental piece of their job. For example, when you think of the product, what is absolutely clear in all of our workshop shops is how things like the internet of things and smart products and products that are, are, are connected to some form of intelligence are absolutely changing and causing marketers to have to think more broadly about products than they ever have before in terms of how do I make it smart? What kinds of information do I provide either through the product itself or via, you know, supporting websites or applications about the product so people can use it in a more customized manner? And I think that each of the other P's, place, promotion, and price, have also been um, in, indelibly changed um, by technology and, 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 and where we are um, in the evolution of business. Um, in, in similar ways. Sean, what do you think about all that? You know, I think part of it is, I, I agree with Mary's basic point that keep it simple. You know, you don't solve this in my mind by making it more complicated by adding P's or looking for other alliterative devices. Um, I, I, I kind of, yeah, I get the people element, but, but, you know, this was developed in the 60s this this dates back to the 60s you know so, so do i so i'm not saying that's a bad thing inherently but it uh it is something that that reflects that product pushing mindset back then you know it's very internally focused as i've said before you know product what what is the product we're going to build what is the the price we're going to charge this how we're going to promote it the place of course it refers to distribution when this was very much in a physical product mindsets you know and I, and I think it's in, in some ways it's the terminology itself that can be dangerous you know products should be based around outcomes or solutions the the place should be more about accessibility you know there's a lot of channels out there more so than there were when we were thinking of traditional distribution so you know accessibility pricing really should focus on that value element that value creation and and value capture and, and even the the promotion you know these days it's more about education it's more about t 
teaching people about your products. It's not always about just pushing them. So I just think it, it sounds like it's 50 years old to me. So I think, um, I know I'm just coming up with the negatives here, but that's that's the other problem that I have when you're trying to explain it is is it's, it's not just internally focused. It's a management checklist. Have we got all these bases covered? But we need to reframe how it is that we do that. And I agree with you, Tom, that the... the, the, the we can argue that fundamentally nothing's changed, but in reality, so much has changed that this has the risk of of dragging people back to an older way of thinking. Again, if they're not sufficiently knowledgeable in terms of where this fits into a much broader strategic process, and and don't you know pin their hopes on it. I I, I think that you know the way that the the way that we guide people through is addressing some of the changes to the four Ps that have become so extremely necessary. I mean, I think, you know, we would all agree violently that what has happened since the 60s and the four Ps were first introduced is it's a much more customer-centric world, a much more customizable world, the technology, both in terms of how we reach and maintain customers and how we build and deliver products has really tipped the scales much more in favor of the customer. They have so many more choices now. There's so much more ability to create different forms of a value proposition for different segments. And so what I like about what we do and what I think keeps the four Ps relevant is we force people to think through the customer-centric side of their business and um, their products and their markets before they get to these four Ps. And by the time they get there, yeah, by the time they exactly. get there, hopefully they have, you know, they have that right mindset to do the four Ps in a manner that's consistent with what technology, you know, enables today. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. That, that's what I mean. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a framework. It's a, it's a checklist rather than a strategy in, in and of itself. It's, it's, it, it only works at the end of a fairly rigorous process to get you there. Um, so I totally agree with you, Tom. I, I like what you said, though, um, Tom, maybe reframing it as uh, customer-centric four Ps and then using Sean's uh, checklist, which, you know, I, I can't come up with a good, simple way of thinking of outcomes, access, education, and value. <laughs> but Yeah, it's not, it's not a good acronym, is it? <laughs> there's nothing. I can't make any word out of this other than OAP, <laughs> but that's not going to stick. So. Um, but making sure that people have the right um, definition and it's not a stretch, you know, to say product is all, all of the things that you have as an experience places everywhere. Promotion is like you said, education and price. I really like the way you said exchange of value. So, um, and I don't think you're missing anything when you look at all of those, I call them levers because those are the investments that people can make in those four. So it's not only a, it's a good checklist, when you're planning, but then also when you go to say, I'm going to spend money and I'm going to put people someplace. When you look at resource allocation, you go back and you look at those four levers again, and it allows you to make sure that you aren't um, putting money and time into things that don't make sense. Uh, my favorite example, we were working with a, a technology company and the industry was putting everything into product. I mean, when you looked at the 
four Ps, then it was the all, almost all the investment, 90% was there. And what allowed us to look at that framework and say, wait a minute, you know, we are missing totally some of the interesting things that where people are going for place now, you know, digital was coming in and social media and all that. We're missing some of that. And then if we don't think of it as a promotion, as a discount, but rather, you know, what are things that we can do to be thought leaders and help our customers be thought leaders? It just, it changed it. And they, they put money in different places in those four different buckets and put them differently. So I do, that was very, that was a great way of, of it being very real, at least for me when I was working with customers. Either of you have a you know, I- comment on that? Well, I, I was going to say, Mary, I just, I just like what you're saying. I just want to emphasize that idea of, of, of levers, of, of the four Ps being action-oriented because it is about the things that you can invest time and money in, you know, product, price, place, promotion, all things that you do right, as you know that come after the analysis. And it's a good filter to say, what are we spending our time and effort on? And in that context, it, it, it makes sense turning all that insight from previous analysis and tools and, and discussions into some form of action and making sure that those, because those, those four broad areas still encapsulate the, the output of a, of a marketing project, a marketing department or a campaign. They're all inherently important. So thinking them as, as, um, as action oriented uh, items is, is a, is a nicer way of thinking of it rather than a strategic item in and of itself. I just think it's a really, really nice way of thinking of it. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Tom, I think we're coming to a point of violent agreement. I, I actually wanted to uh, say something about price and, and, and something that I'm noticing around price real quick at the end of our podcast here, that is a, you know, technology driven market driven change to price. And that is these new business models that are coming. The new, new ways to charge people for your products and services and specifically this idea of subscriptions um companies are 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 really thinking about how to take something that they used to charge one price for and break it up into smaller increments and uh basically, you know, get more loyalty from customers um, over a longer period of time. I, I got a massage the other day, and when I came out, they put a booklet in front of me and said, would you like to join our subscription club where you pay a monthly uh, fee and you can get, I guess, you know, up to a certain number of massages every month. And so I guess that's, you know, just we, we unpacked a little bit product, place, and promotion, but um, I'm wondering if you guys are saying the same kind of revolution in terms of, of new ways of thinking about price. You know, I want to say... Please tell me that... <laughs> Go ahead, John. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> I, I just going to say, please tell me, Tom, that the massage subscription service was called something like the Rubber Dub Club, because it should be. It absolutely should be. They weren't that creative. I mean, I might have... Cons- I didn't join... <laughs> But I might have considered if they were that creative <laughs> around the name. Oh, my God. Um, I, I was just going to say very something different. But Amazon, I cannot order anything on Amazon right now. I'm an Amazon Prime member. And I try to order something, and it automatically defaults to subscription on anything that I'm trying to order now. I only need so many gym socks and, you know, shampoo. and But it is interesting that I think that they're, you know, I, they're trying to shape different business models and pricing models. So Tom, I think you're right. I mean, just recently, even Amazon is using that as a very aggressive way of, of getting people to 
to sign into a subscription. So another example. So I think, yeah, so the conclusion I'm coming to is, is that, you know, I believe that we ought to continue to sort of culminate our, our workshops, our methodologies in the four Ps, but I think it's incumbent upon us and our clients to think about these broader definitions of the four Ps as they're working their way there. And, um, you know, to, to encapsulate this, this thinking about, you know, how have products changed now that they're smart? How has place changed now that you got to think about the entire customer experience? How has promotion changed now that you got to think about educating rather than, you know, beating your chest? And how has price changed in, in, in now that you have these different business models and subscription um, approaches to think about? I think if we, if we do all that, I think the four Ps continue to be extremely relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all all about the context, Tom, isn't it? It's all about the context, context and the relevance. So, uh, yeah, I think we we yet to find a topic that we truly disagree on. So the search must continue <laughs> till we have a blazing row on one of these. Well, let's get a row from people. If you, um, if you, if any of you listening to this podcast would love to weigh in on this, obviously it's an open discussion, and we would love to hear your thoughts. Um, you can easily do that on our, um, we have a website that you can go to and uh, you can send us an email, you can call us. Um, also, all of our podcasts are on iTunes, so you can listen to any of these. And um, we, we hope that uh, your planning and checklists go very well. Thank you.